right. Let's go. It's the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans. On the Ref Sports Radio Network. Marcos hits me up right off the top. This is great. TJ, uh, great job today. I, I got a chance to be a regular listener. I had a couple of air. I'm feeling better. I'm, I don't want to say I'm 100% yet. I feel good enough that I'll cut the right-way insurance spot during a commercial break. How's that? That's how much better I feel. I feel good. Um, I'd be in studio if TJ didn't have a trip. That's how good I feel. Or if Steely was on a remote today because I know – the Steel Man, I don't want to risk anything with him and his family, but I'm better. I'm on the road to recovery, and we're we's about to reconvene in the Brown O'Haver studios here rather quickly with the Plank Show. But, big guest real quick to, before I get to Marco's email. Uh, you can always hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. At 1115 right after the Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories today. In approximately two hours and 11 minutes from now, Sooner Assistant Coach Clay Van Hook will join us in the program. Which, by the way, JT Gasso, a little bit disappointing that Clay Van Hook gets back to me before JT Gasso does. But listen, I'm not here to judge and point fingers. Now, on the softball side of things, I heard back from the GOAT last night. Patty Gasso tomorrow at 11 a.m. So... Joey, Josh, may have to be a wee bit flexible with this because Coach gave me the – let me make sure I got this right this morning. Coach gave me the around 11 a.m. time. So we might have to put – we might have to put Joey as one of our standby passengers tomorrow. Joey, we do 11.15. We can go earlier at 10.30. Whatever you want, man, the show is yours. But Clay Van Hook coming up this hour. And by the way, Josh, how how, are you good – Good night last night. Nothing at all was on TV, but it was fun if you're a baseball fan. How are you? No kidding. Yeah, it Dude. was uh, it, it was a baseball-only kind of night. It was. Did you watch any of the softball? I did not. Okay. I did. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's it's going to be – I wish that these two leagues could somehow merge together because – I love what Lauren is doing with the WPF, though I'm very confused about it. And I also dig what's going on with Athletes Unlimited, but I'm also very confused about it. I wish – I think sometimes we joke about Larry McReynolds and NASCAR where he really dumbs things down. He's like, you see, here's the wheel. The wheel turns round and round. And what you need to do to make sure the wheel's turning the fat. They really, they can take you down to a level where even I understand camber and all these different things that are, you're, you're trained for years to be able to execute it. But to understand it, boom, you got it. I felt like in softball last night, they weren't, they weren't really hip to the rules differences. They didn't tell you much about the league. There was a promo that ran nonstop. But I, I'll, let me give you a for example, just real quick before I read Marco's email. I am calling WPF games, Josh. I'm calling. Uh, Lauren reached out to me and said, you want to do some? I said, absolutely. I'll do as many and whenever you want. But I don't, I don't re- really know what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, but I just know that there is a game I'm doing tonight that may start at 7.30 Central Time. So you're like, well, okay, game on, let's go. And that they'll call me on Skype. That's all I know. That's it. 
like <laughs> stats, numbers, rosters. Yeah, we'll call you at 7.30. So will this be televised then? It's streamed right now. The, the, the Athletes Unlimited, is it's got an ESPN deal. That's why you saw it. It was on two channels, but they ended up playing the, the Sooners-Longhorns game two, which, in fact, I, I tuned in just in time to watch Grace Lyons hit her three-run home run, which was awesome. And then on the stream is where you can watch the Pride and all of the WPF games. I think it starts at 7.30. Very I'll, cool. I'll pass along more information when I have it. You know, I was flipping around and saw the softball last night. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I don't know why it didn't click to me that it was one of the pro leagues. I thought it was like, I don't you know. thought it was some, like a youth tournament? <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, I don't know, some sort of like all-star game or something. Well, the interesting thing about it was the double play combination was Romero to Romero for one of the teams. I'm not sure which one of the teams, but one of the teams because they had, they had the names, but then the colors of the uniforms were different. I've, I've, I've never been more perplexed watching an event in my life, but yeah, it was cool to see Sid and Sierra in the same infield. So that's what I've got going for me tonight. And Oh, I was watching a lot of baseball last night. I kind of dig the uh, MLB around the horn thing they do. Even though, man, it's okay to let an announcer, like, call what's going on. I dig the reset. It's like, hey, we take you now to, I don't know, Seattle, where the Mariners struggle to stay in this one. They're down 3-1 in the fifth. And then it's almost as if they've got to keep some conversation going on when they go to the game. It's like, you ever played in Seattle? It's like, yeah, I played in Seattle. Can we watch this game while we flip around to different games? But anyway, I, I digress. I digress. We got a big show is kind of what I'm laying out for you on the program today, and we got a lot to recap from last night. But how about the very first email into the show? Marcos, stayed on air post-game as long as we ever have after a championship was a line you just dropped. That's ice cold and unfair. Just sort of sliding in there that you've covered four title wins in your time with softball while making the WCWS and at least the semifinals every year and a Big 12 title every year. Meanwhile, Toby is at his first College World Series and celebrated his first Big 12 title this year. That was cold. Now, to be fair, to be fair, Toby's been able to celebrate a lot of Big 12 titles with football. And we were actually on the broadcast together in, what was that, 13, the last time they won the Big 12 title. So, you know, there's some sympathy there. But I'm not kidding. I'm a little bit – I had always been told that we weren't allowed down on the field. That was always the message that had been given to me. So now, I, I mean, like, we got to go back next year. We got to go back and win it because I want to be down on the field. I want a hat. I want a shirt. I want a towel. I want, I want to watch the tears. I want to get championship hugs because nothing is better than a championship hug. So I, I got to admit, Josh, there is a little bit of jealousness knowing that they'll have the opportunity to go down on the field and get post-game interviews because we did it during the Supers and we did it during the Regionals, and it's just awesome. It's awesome to be a part of it. Baseball, man. What a time to see this team make a run. Are you excited to talk to Coach Van Hook later? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Love that, dude. Love that, dude. So, anyway, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Can we – 
I've got with baseball coming up and, and, and the send-off, the big send-off celebration is taking place here in, can I say, moments? Because at, let me make sure I get my time right before I screw it up. At 11, all right, 12.45 today, the Sooners are taking off for Omaha from Mitchell Park. So they'll have about an hour-long session where there will be autographs. Uh, they're going to have a program at 105. There's going to be food there while it lasts. And it will all take place in the Lloyd Noble Center parking lot. So I'm assuming that it's going to be right there within the shadows of Mitchell Park, right across the street in the, in the parking lot. lot. Which is, i got to be honest with you, Josh, this might sound corny and cheesy, but I love send-offs. I, re- I think they're great. I love when they did it for women's tennis, which, by the way, the legend Natalie Davis reached out yesterday and did remind us that Oklahoma opens up the College World Series with Omaha. Oklahoma softball opened up, well, played in the regional championship against Texas A&M. And women's tennis played Texas A&M in the first round of their NCAA tournament run. We're just drawn to College Station in some wild way in this postseason for OU sports. But I, I got to be honest with you, dude. I love that they're doing this. I think it sets a great tone of appreciation. It shows the excitement around the program. And I think it's good for the players, too. It gets them fired up to make this trip, more so than they are. No doubt. No doubt. It's their opportunity to see the type of effect they've had on the fan base. Right. So, hopefully it's a terrific send-off, and hopefully they're taking that good juju with them from Gainesville, from Blacksburg, from the Big 12 tournament, from the final five series of the regular season. Take all of that on up to Omaha. By the way, just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not trying to grandstand by any stretch of the imagination, Marcos, when I do talk about the length of a, pre, a post-game show. I don't think we're in competition with anyone on that front. But we know the exact length today of the send-off celebration. It'll be an hour. So get out there at 1245 for autographs. Uh, they'll start their program at 105. And listen, I'm not – I mean, let's just – since we're on this, Josh, and we're right around our, our first break, I am – I'm a firm believer that they've got a chance to make a run in this thing. And, you know, you got Jake Bennett on the hill. You've got the depth of their pitching staff, what the Sandman has done the last few weeks, uh, even though it was a little bit tough on Saturday against Virginia Tech, what Cade Horton did and, and has done. I mean, you're, you're going to need some depth of pitching in this tournament. I know they, they get a, a few more breaks than you typically get in the postseason, this stretches out a little bit, which is fine by me. But I – call me crazy, but I fully expect them to be playing in the winner's bracket. You know, everyone's talking about Texas A&M and the potential Texas matchup. I don't know, Josh. I think they've got a heck of a shot to be playing the winner of that Notre Dame-Texas game on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, call me – or I guess what would that be? Uh, 5 o'clock? Six Eastern, five Central, is that right? But I'm a, I'm a firm believer they can survive and make it to that game. Am I crazy? Not at all. Not at all. Jake Bennett, uh, more of the same from him. These bats stay the way that they've been. 
Could be could be trending to a Red River showdown. We shall see. Okay, can I ask a dumb question here real quick? I want, I'm going to get really out over my skis. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. If you keep winning in the winner's bracket, so I'm just I'm, I'm following Oklahoma's path here quickly. You would play, obviously, tomorrow. Wait, Friday. Every day is running together. You play Friday against A&M. If you win, you play Sunday. If you win again, you would play on Wednesday. That would be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That would be like four-day rest. Would you continue to go with your regular rotation, Josh, if you win with Bennett on Friday, you win on Sunday with Sandlin, and then on Wednesday – would you potentially turn back to Bennett on short rest, or do you just keep riding your three-man rotation? Yeah, it's an interesting angle to take. You, because you could... that next game would then be on Thursday, which would give you that full five-day rest if you were able to keep rolling in the winner's bracket. Right. Mm. Probably you're going with Cade Horton and hoping that he initially can deliver you to the championship series and then – that has obviously been it back for game one of the championship series. You play, you play Friday, Sunday, regardless. It's just a matter of the time in which you play on Sunday. Because if you win, you get that primetime slot on Sunday night in bracket one. If you lose, you're playing in the heat of the afternoon to try to avoid going two and queue. And then, I mean, listen, I'm going the path of least resistance here, Josh. Obviously, all kinds of other issues start to confront you if, if you're having to fight your way through the loser's bracket. Because, again, just a hypothetical here, you happen to lose your opener, you got to play Sunday afternoon, then you've got to turn around and play again on Tuesday, then you'd have to turn around again and play on Wednesday. So, stay in the top half of the bracket. Stay in the winner's bracket and you're good to go. Suddenly you get, I mean, this is wild, but if, wild, breaking news, baseball fans are like, yeah, no S, buddy. But your pitching depth really, truly only gets tested if you find yourself with a couple of bad starts or in the loser's bracket. If your starters do what they've done, you can ride them. And you would find yourself in the the championship series Probably with the chance to start your what, number two on that day? I mean, again, I'm getting way over my skis here. But I'm just thinking in the most positive of positive senses. Bennett in the opener. Sandlin in game six, which would be their second game. Cade Horton. Then you turn around and you could throw Bennett on that Thursday. And you're in the best of three championship series with your two and three ready to go. I mean, well, and if you win all three, you you'd be in the championship series, right? That's right. So I mean, you could. That's what I'm saying. You, you could get there though with your number one ready to go and your number two and number three. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I mean, listen. Here's the thing, though. Though, I mean, you've got to win. You, you jumped ahead a bit because your one's going to throw on Friday, your two would throw on Sunday, your three would throw on Wednesday, then. Oh, oh, that would be an if necessary game, wouldn't it? Yes. Mm. I didn't even put that together. 
Holy smokes, you could. I got ahead of myself. Three wins, and Jake Bennett is pitching game one of the championship series, Josh. I, I know. It sounds much easier whenever I'm laying it out like that, right? Because you still got to deal with Texas and Notre Dame and maybe even A&M another time if you happen to beat them in the first game. But I don't care. That path, they've got a chance. Oh, and by the way, off the 405, let's not forget, Trevin Michael can start any game and dominate. Very That's true. Depth. Very true. It has been proven. So you're saying there's a chance. It is that, a novel concept, though, isn't it? That, well, what if we win our first three games? How does that set us up? Right. And, and listen, we, we did the same thing with Oklahoma and trying to fit in, in Sooner softball and trying to figure out when Jordy Ball would return. But if you can avoid that if necessary, and, and let's think about it. Even if you end up in that if necessary game, right? you still have your two and three ready to go in the first couple of games of the championship series. Because if that's the case, you know, just depending on what your decision is, when you get to that, I guess you could say semifinal game, depending on kind of where you're thinking, I mean, you could turn around and throw your starter on short rest. Wow, that's uh, that's 10 minutes more than I ever expected on the pitching rotation this weekend. But, Josh, I'm fascinated by it. I think the Sooners have the arms – We've seen they can do it with the bats. We've talked about their pitching all season long. But with the way it's elevated and found another level as we've rolled through the postseason, I don't. I think it's as scary of a three-man rotation that's left in this College World Series. You definitely feel really good about all three arms. And then Trevin Michael has, has been great for you, too. So it's a, it's a good starting point. First things first. Yep. You got to win their first game. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> first things first, you take care of Texas A&M, and then you feel really good about what you've got with Sandlin in game two. I'm fired up for him. All right. So spend your lunch with OU baseball. But while you're on your way, make sure you stay with us because we're going to be chatting with Sooner assistant coach Clay Van Hook coming up at around 11.15 a.m. this morning right here on The Ref. Okay, when we come back, as the hole continues to dig deeper around Deshaun Watson, he stands resolute. He stands defiant. We'll bring you the latest next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Homer. I'm Chris Plank. So many things to get to on the program today. I, man, I'm so, I'm, I've become, I've had conversations with myself with how jaded I am towards both Deshaun Watson and Draymond Green for two completely different reasons. It's almost, I mean, I'm watching this yesterday. Clay Van Hook, by the way, coming up with us at 11.15. Patty Gasso tomorrow on the show and JT Gasso whenever he wants. It's his show. Um, so I'm watching, I'm watching this press conference yesterday and I I don't, I don't know why Josh, but I'm just, I'm riddled with like anger. It's like, how is this? I mean, 66 different accusations, Not, 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 not one, not two, not three, not four, 66. What now? What are we up to? 24? And I know now suddenly you have a lot of Browns fans have become legal experts 
well, you do understand that this is a, an ambulance-chasing attorney that's after him. And I, Listen, I, I, I know ambulance chasers. I have friends of mine that have worked in law for years, and the reality is they're, they're ambulance chasers, and that's not a term of endearment. It means they're always looking for ways to try to sue somebody. And you can say that about Tony Busby all you want. But you still don't come up with these types of numbers. Right? So I'm just, I'm sitting here and I'm watching this. And the conversation devolves into, well, you know, what does he mean for the Browns? I'm thinking, how can we even be talking about this right now, Josh? How can this even be a conversation? Why everyone acts so outraged about everything in the world? Everything. And immediately on SportsCenter and on the NFL Network and anywhere. I mean, I get it. We're all not lawyers, but how are we not asking? Why hasn't the NFL done anything? Why are we not questioning how he's still being allowed to practice? Why isn't there a deeper-rooted anger with the way this has played out. Everyone's just like, oh, well, there's Deshaun Watson. What do you have to say? Yeah, how do you think that's going to match with him and Amari Cooper, guys? Let's go around the horn on this one. It's like, what are we doing? Maybe it's just me. No, the the question is, the questions should be this. Is he going to play for right. Cleveland? Right. In what and if anything, are the punishments from the National Football League? Why has the National Football League not acted? And is there potentially a timeline for the National Football League to act? So, I, I don't want to. Some of these, I got to be honest with you, are conversations that are uncomfortable to have. And Josh, you and I were joking about one of the stories during the break. Those are the type of things that if we said them on the air, we would not have a job based. So maybe maybe there's a lot of things in what's out there, at least in the Deshaun Watson, the description of how he approached these people, these women, that is problematic. I, I'm going to try to, this morning, uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports attained a copy of Houston Police Department Detective Kamisha Baker's deposition which by the way um, it's it's not subject to any type of court order he went through it thoroughly but there were three things that really kind of stood out and I guess the one that because again this is very nerdy and this is very in the weeds legalese and maybe that's part of the reason why you know everyone wants to quickly skip to well what does this mean for the Browns you guys but there was the question of consent versus coercion. And then my head exploded when I started reading through that. Um, the cases in the third point here necessarily come down to the word of each woman against Watson because that's how the sessions were structured. That's apparently how Watson wanted them to proceed. Two people in the room, no one else. As a result... There was never a witness to corroborate the version of either participant. So it's going to come down to a he said, she said. The cases against Watson all flow from his alleged effort 
to make the massages into something more than a massage. Let's try to just keep it as clean as I can. So there you go. That's where we are. Meanwhile, you know, Deshaun Watson is is getting this free pass to where he gets to to tell you about how tough this balance has been for him and what he's been going through right now. Which again, right? You, we like to live in this world where where you're perceived as innocent until proven guilty, and I'm sure this does suck for Deshaun Watson right now, but. It's like if you have a problem with the way this is going down, I think you need to have a conversation with the mayor, dude. Honestly, it's been you know it's been tough. Um, you know, just trying to make sure that I, I stay balanced uh, with my my mental and, and just my social life. But I have a great family. Um, I have a great uh, legal team, and I have a great support cast here in this organization. So when I walk into the building, all that stuff is outside. I got to focus on football and my teammates, building that trust with those guys on the football field and off the field, and just really just coming to work because the game plan is, you know, the season starts and, and getting everyone on the same page. Life goal, Josh Helmer. Life goal. Never have to be in a situation where, where I'm telling anyone about how great my legal team is because of issues that I put myself in. That's a lot. I'm doing pretty well so far. 47 years. I, I mean, listen, I've, I've gone through a divorce, so you need an attorney for that. But I've never been in a situation where I'm like, well, i got a great legal team right now. They're fighting for me, but I just got my focus right here on the show. This is all I'm focused. want to go to the phones, get your calls on you, but I, listen, I'm just focused on this show. Could you? I probably need to calm down on this Deshaun Watson thing, don't I? It's a good rule to live by, <laughs> to not have to be constantly thinking your legal team in a public setting in front of the cameras and microphones. I think part of my anger, too, is how this was perceived as a better option than our guy. I think that's where a lot of this stems from. Because, I mean, I'd be mad if he was anywhere. I'd be embarrassed if he was a Raider. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'd be pretty, pretty hot if this dude was given that type of contract anywhere else. But the way in which the Browns have played this out to make Baker look like the bad guy, that to me, Josh, I think that's the I, – I think that's – hey, I drew a line right there. Yeah, no, that, that's unacceptable. And I feel like maybe that's where a lot of my anger comes from in this. Yeah, I think uh, for me it's just the National Football League. Do something. You know, I get it from a if everything's even situation in terms of Deshaun Watson doesn't have upwards of 24 lawsuits levied against him of the sexual assault variety. If that's not going on, okay, well, Deshaun Watson, it makes sense to bring him in instead of Baker Mayfield. But guess what? That's not the world we're living in, and why has the National Football League just really done nothing but say, hey, we're monitoring this? With with their history – as it pertains to violence against women, sexual assault, it just it's really disappointing, I think, from the Na- National Football League's standpoint. Mm. I know, listen, you guys have lost interest in the Deshaun Watson story. I get it. I understand. And at 405-651-3439, I don't expect to see a single text on it, and I don't. I don't expect to get a single call on it at 405-329-9000. Because it's embarrassing that the NFL has basically stuck its head in the sand during this. I, I know. I, 
I know that we're the dudes that are supposed to read everything for you and tell you about it. <laughs> but I would say with how no one else is, is, is as angry as I am about this. I read the tea leaves. It's time to move on. But I would challenge you to take a moment today to read Charles Robinson's report in going through what a Houston police detective had to say about the evidence she found and how quickly somehow it was dismissed. I guess when you lawyer up and you got Rusty Harden, I guess you get what you pay for. All right, well, I just he spoke yesterday. I was irate. We'll move on. I just feel like it's one of the more contradictory situations I've ever seen. And the fact that it immediately gets back to, well, how about, how you feeling? How's your arm? You good? You feel good out there? It's just, it's shocking to me. And there's nothing outside of a reporter that's asking tough questions to Deshaun Watson. There's nothing a reporter can ask right. that you feel good about. And there's nothing that Deshaun Watson can say right now until this is totally behind him or or there's charges against him or the NFL has taken action, again, to make you feel any sort of positive way. I, I don't even know really what the purpose was of Deshaun Watson meeting with the media. What? Yeah. They ask about him. I'm sure they've asked all the time. They, 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 they listen, no, no questions about the case, which I don't think they could say. And if they did say that, I'm sure Jake Trotter would be among the people that would stand right up like, no, no, no. What, what's going on? How have you not been suspended yet? What are the conversations like within the league? 405-651-3439. All right, listen. Let's get back to some OU baseball talk. Let's get back to a little OU softball talk. You can hit us up on Twitter. He's at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. We've got crooting news like crazy, like crazy over the last few days. We'll do our best to recap it. Plus, Clay Van Hook is coming up at 11.15 to talk some Sooner baseball right after the Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day right here on The Ref. So, Parker Thune is coming up at high noon today, right? Am I correct in that? I know we've had to play some musical chairs with vacations and stuff, but uh, being out of the office has not allowed me to stare at that huge calendar that's always taken out of the office for some reason when I'm in the studio. So is Steelman and Thune coming up at noon? Because I also heard Thune last night at like 6 o'clock on the station. Yes, okay. he's doing 2 to 6, I believe, Oh, okay. this week. So does that mean Connor and Steelman coming up next? That's that's Ooh, correct. Let's go. Okay, so Parker's coming up this afternoon with Locked In. So we'll go end up on all the Cruton information. But, uh, Josh, real quick, because like I said, we got Parker here. You guys, I, I know there's this thirst for recruiting information. We talked about Cade McIntyre yesterday, the 2023 Freeman, Nebraska product. But 18 offers doled out after the four days from Sooner Camp. A couple of those for 23. What was it? Uh, Bob Prisbilla reported 11 of them for 2024, five for 2025, and one commitment. So I guess they found some dudes they liked. And even with just the one commitment right now, you know, you got names like uh, Devon Mitchell. There was uh, Michael Van Buren, the kid out of Baltimore. 
Casey Poe, the big offensive lineman out of Lindell, Texas. That Drew Rave reviews, Jamari Howard out of Florida. It seems as if King Joseph Edwards, great. Could you imagine what Toby could do with a name like King Joseph Edwards as, uh, as an Oklahoma Sooner? But it seems as if it was a successful couple of days. Now it's all about just kind of closing these deals, right? It's starting to pick up. We knew it would going into the summer months and, you know, June, July, August before the season kicks off, and then all of a sudden you're not too awful far away from that December early signing period. I like what what they got in the wide receiver Keon Brown, an, another Jeff Lebby type right. wide receiver, six foot three, hundred and ninety pounds, one eighty eight. If you want to be precisely precise, Cade right. McIntyre, I. I think he's listed higher in some places. 247 Sports, I'm looking, he's a, a three-star. I want to say one of the other sites, he might be a little bit higher than that. But six foot four, 205-pound linebacker out of Nebraska. And Oklahoma wins out over teams like Iowa, K-State, Minnesota, Nebraska. So I, I like the direction. Things are starting to trend here. And I think this is tip of the iceberg syndrome for Oklahoma recruiting this summer and then into next fall. I'd be curious, you know, just kind of looking through the numbers of offers that came from from camp. And I don't know if Coach Venables is doing a presser anytime soon or maybe maybe a recruiting guru can help me out. Is that a normal number for offers that'll come out of camps? Because to me that that seemed really high. And, I again, I could be way off. And so I'm like, no, no, no. And maybe one of y'all who live on Sooner Scoop or OU Insider could help me out. But it just, when I saw 18, and I know it's spread out over the span of uh, three classes, but I was like, whoa, oh, okay, all right. I, because they had a chance to put their eyes on him in person and get to know him a little bit. And that matters a lot. I think it's no blind offers out there. I mean, some of the guys, you even have to dig to find uh, any kind of information on them, like Tyklin Lumen, the kid out of Miami International Academy. Uh, Tyklin Hill Lumen, uh, they, they were all from Miami, and there was hardly any information on them. One of them wasn't even ranked. One of them was a three-star guy. Uh, Dewan Lane a guy who doesn't have any information out there out of Baltimore and Gilchrist. I mean, again, you like to see the stars and you like to see the, uh, the huddle videos and know that they've got a little juice to them. But, Josh, that intrigues me when you see guys that don't really have that big profile that are coming in and Brent Venables or Jeff Levy or Ted Roof. We could go down the list, find something and say, we got to get this guy on campus. And fans, there's that – portion of fans that when it comes to recruiting and there's not four or five stars oh, next to a name it's oh why the heck are we offering <laughs> this guy you have to trust here that Brent Venables and his coaching staff it's it happens where guys it's early in the recruiting process or maybe that kid in their family hasn't gone to a bunch of camps or hasn't put out a bunch of huddle tape, and they kind of kind of fall through the cracks a little bit but are every bit as talented 
or it's a developmental type of uh, player out there and Brent Venables and his staff see something that they really, really like. And we've talked about this here in the past with somebody like a McCarty that's committed to Oklahoma in this class. If OU and this coaching staff sees somebody that, whether it's on tape or Mm -hmm. through the evaluation process by talking to their, their coaches and others that they trust, they're not going to be afraid to offer somebody simply because there's not three, four, five stars next to the name. Yep, you're right. And, you know, Brent Venables had basically said satellite camps were a thing of the past. They're not doing them. Come to Norman. They did. They earned an offer. I would encourage everyone, this is an unpaid advertisement for, I mean, listen, none of the websites are rivals with me. Um, But Soonerscoop.com has a free read-up about the offers at OU camps, and it's well worth your time. You'll learn a lot. And while you're there, subscribe. Josh McQuistian comes on with us. I'm sure if Carrie and Eddie didn't have obligations at other stations, they would. It's a good group of guys. Good read. Soonerscoop.com offers a plenty at OU camps. You can get learned up on how things went this past week for OU. We have our own recruiting guru, Parker Thune, coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon with Tyler on the rush. In the meantime, somewhat on the clock. Take a break. When we come back, more on OU baseball. Let's get some calls going. 405-329-9000. Air Comfort Solutions text line has been SLO. The first. This, I guess this is what happens whenever I try to talk about Deshaun Watson. I guess you guys are fine with it. Maybe we've reached this point, too, where we're just tired of it. Yeah, I think right? everybody's more, just noped out. What more can you say? But when he talks, Josh, when he speaks. It's news. It's news. It's news. Uh, wrap up hour one with some of your English air comfort solutions text next. All right, we'll go back into the plank show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. What uh, what do you got going on tonight? Anything exciting? Are you are you all in on yet another day's break before uh, the NBA finals get rolling? I'm all in, baby. It's probably going to be. A 2B TV kind of night. 2B TV. I'll play some video games. I'll get some work done, too. Everybody relax. There'll be some no. show prep. No, 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 no. No show prep. It's all 2B TV. We ought to pick a bad movie. I've started a list of bad comedies that I'm going to watch every weekend. Because I get up before everyone, and I usually have my podcast listened to rather quickly. Get a couple of notes written down just because I'm forgetful. I have a little notepad now. You know, some people will. Uh, Dirty Work with Norm McDonald. You know what Norm McDonald always had with him in Dirty Work, Josh? R.I.P. He always kept one of those little recorders with him. Really? He'd walk yeah. around. That's how they caught Shooter McGavin at the end. Yeah, can you just text me the two words, Dirty Work, at like, <laughs> I don't know, like 545 tonight. Okay, there you go. You're watching, you're like, this is terrible. But a couple parts are hilarious. Everything about it, it's so funny. I can't watch a lot of these older movies uh, in any seriousness because you're like, well, just pick up the phone and call someone. Grab your cell phone. You can find it quickly. What do you mean you're lost? Use Google Maps, right? But I, like I said, I'm on a Rodney Dangerfield kick. So I tried to watch Meet Wally Sparks. I got about halfway through it, and it was just, just terrible. What kind of a kickback do you think – 
say an Artie Lang or somebody did like anything? Do you think they get any sort of any sort of money from this I, thing being streamed on Tubi TV? I hope so. I hope so. Seeing that the box office had made ten million dollars, uh, it's not too bad, which is significantly more than what my uh, beloved beer league made at the box office. <laughs> How can that be? But bad, bad comedy weekends right here at the plank show. All right. Air comfort solutions, text line four Oh five, six, five, one, three, four, three, nine. It's a good one. The world has never known a guilty sex offender. So true. So true. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not trying to be somebody that gets too caught up or are too carried away in this Deshaun Watson story, even though we spent a lot of time on it yesterday, or excuse me, or earlier in the show, because he spoke yesterday. But I've just, I mean, there is a lot of times where I'm watching this, and I'm like, they're just acting like there's nothing going on right now. I guess in one sense you almost have to for a football team, but it's just, it's gross. By the way, uh, I was corrected by Casey Vineyard, uh, our beloved boss. It is Teddy and Parker Thune this afternoon from. That's Tuesdays. correct. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just let that one kind of go by, but that is correct. I mean, you just—I'm like the dude standing in front of the guy ting off in Happy Gilmore. Come on, have my back. All right, quick break. Plank show rolls on after this right here on the Home Sooner Fan. 